0: Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 welcome back to the week 10 NFL betting show today where i have right now four spread picks in and a lean on a fifth game that i don't officially have placed yet but i'm looking at it so i'm letting you know just in case i'll update it on twitter but just in case i snatch that one as well thank you for being back here an eventful week in week nine and we move now to the double digits in the nfl in week 10 and if you're brand new here this is what we're gonna do here i'm gonna give you reasons why at least i already have wagers in on the four games today sometimes it's five times it's six sometimes it's over unders teasers whatever it is it depends on what the lines look like i'm not gonna force anything i don't pick every single game i see why they There's reasons to be leaning in every single game just from an entertainment and a content standpoint. But for me personally, I'm just gonna be talking about the games that I already have bets in and that's gonna be these four that we talk about today. And I'm gonna give you exact reasons why efficiency metrics that actually matter in terms of the Vegas odds makers. I'm gonna show you where to be shopping your odds behind me right now on the screen. If you're watching on YouTube, welcome. I'm using the Action Network dashboard, which is just showing you a bunch of different spots to get odds. And it's not just the ones you see on the screen. There's a lot of different books on here as you can see I'm scrolling right now. And what this means is just you're shopping your odds. Now, if you watch my content often or if you're a sports bet, you understand that shopping odds means looking for the best price. If you're in Walmart and there's a candle for $10 and then the candle on target is for $8, you should probably buy the one for $8. If indeed you had the access at your fingertips, if you were shopping online and you had both of them up, it makes a lot more sense to just save the $2. That's basically what you're looking at here. And maybe on a larger scale, if you're betting more than $8 to $10 on a game, if you're betting $100 on a game, well, that's a difference of about $20 that you're saving just by choosing a separate line where you can get an extra point or two. And not even just the point, the real money comes in savings depending on the VIG. You can see the VIG minus 110 on some of these lines. There's minus 120, minus 106, plus 100 on some of these lines. So you can see there's, there's a huge difference there. If you're betting plus 100 and $100 on it, bam, you just got $100 back. If you're betting minus 110 on one of these lines and you're betting $100, you're going to get less than $100 back, around that $90 mark, $95 mark, depending on the exact VIG on the line. So shopping your lines is going to be extremely important. And you can see the sponsor of the show above my head today, Viget. Viget is just a social media for sports betters right now. They have a free sports book within that as well as where you can use your VIG coins in there and have one of my friends actually just sent in our group message. He had enough to take out a $25 Amazon gift card. So there's lots of different things that you can actually do with Viget itself. I like it because it allows me to just interact with some of my community, post some of the information that I use, have that free sportsbook. But the other thing is they have a lot of data analytics in there, spread movement, showing the movement in the line and exactly what that means. And that's what we're talking about here. When I'm talking about shopping your lines, there's opportunities to shop your lines on the Viget app itself, looking at all the different numbers where you can get them on different sports books and also being able to track the line movement throughout the week to see if you're on the right side of that number. If you got a team, let's just say, the New York Giants at plus three, and they start to move to plus two plus one, that means you're on the right side of that number, you're on the right side of the closing number. All that is very easy to track with Vigit. And if you use my code, it's a free app to download, I urge you to check it out. It's like Twitter for sports bettors. Again, Vigit, V-I-G-I-T. Use my code Sal, just S-A-L, you will get 1000 coins, which basically means credits that you can use to actually use in their free sports book on there, which allows you to cash out prizes like Amazon gift cards. So check out Vigit down below. I enjoyed a lot. I'll be referencing it throughout the show just because I use the app for some of my research. It's very good and in depth research that actually allows you to look at stuff simple things just as injury dashboards that are right up there to see which players are going to be questionable for the game that obviously impacts the game all the way to line movement which is going to be a little bit more important for us sports bettors out there so i appreciate it if you download that app check it out like and subscribe before we get into this video we're over 32,000 subscribers now so thank you so much let's get into these four lines everybody and i'm going to smack you with some information the first game that i'm looking at right now is actually going to be a, a divisional rival matchup which i think this game was on thursday night earlier in the year and i think there was a spread just like this one like a plus three plus three and a half now i got it when it first Open at plus three. It's still out there at plus three and a half as of my recording of this right now on Tuesday morning. It'll be out pretty shortly after I record this on Fan, who is still a plus three and a half. If you want to get it where I got it, that's where I got it right now. So plus three and a half, I'm taking the New York Giants, and let me tell you why. So right now, the New York Giants are six and two versus spread this year, while the Eagles are three and five. So what do those numbers mean? Right, they're just trends for the most part. It's not as much indicative of what's going to happen in this game, but it lets you know that Vegas has been overvaluing or undervaluing a team. The Giants being six and two against the spread means that they're being undervalued so far this season through eight games. And the opposite side for the Eagles being three and five against the spread means they're being overvalued in their games, just on like a very high look. But now let's dig down deeper into that. The Eagles rank 28th in yards per play this year, while the Giants rank 30th. And the Washington Redskins are also in the bottom five in that department. Cowboys slightly above it, but continue to trend downward over the last five games. The entire NFC East is going to be in the bottom five in yards per play per game, not great offenses. But here's the thing where the Eagles start to look a little bit better and obviously why they're favorites. Their defense is number four in yards per play allowed, So a very good defense overall, but the Giants are still pretty good. Top half of the league in yards. Per play allowed in number 15 overall. So that's good to see. And they get even better in specific areas as well. Now at Philadelphia, this is going to be the biggest mismatch. This is what we saw in that last game for Daniel Jones was under pressure to ton. Now the offensive line has looked a little bit better over the last game, game and a half or so. But Philly is number two in pass rush this year, and the Giants continue to rank dead last in offensive line play. That's not great overall, but at least now some security blanket some quick outs like Sterling Shepherd are back in this offense. And then we've seen over the past couple of weeks eight targets, ten targets, eight targets that he's been targeted a lot, especially under pressure. Sterling Shepard being back there and actually picking up some first downs. The Eagles rank 30th in overall offense, as you can see on the screen. The Giants rank 16th in overall defense. And On the flip side of that, Giants rank 29th in overall offense. Eagles rank number 11th in D. So this divisional matchup is going to feature two not so great offenses that are both trending somewhat in the right direction, getting some guys back from injury. Jalen Rieger for the Philadelphia Eagles, getting him back from injury, potentially Miles Sanders for this game as well. Then you have the Giants getting back Sterling Shepard. They don't have, they might not have. He was suspended. And he was out the last game. Golden Tate hasn't been much of a factor. And you saw Austin Mack step into his role, score a touch. And actually look good out there for the Giants. So, both offenses actually trending in the right direction with pretty stable defenses right now. This is a spot where I think is going to also be important in terms of being on the side of the Giants in this one right now. Two things. Number one, you're going to have the Giants being number two in run defense this year, very good run defense, and the Eagles are number 15 overall in run offense. So, the Eagles are going to get there on pass rush. If the Giants can stop their own and force Carson Wentz to throw a ton, that can be an advantage for them in this game where the Eagles, yes, they have Jalen Reagan still in this game, but outside of that, not the greatest of passing weapons. Both tight ends does not look like as of right now. At least Goddard's going. To return this week, Greg Ward is probably not scaring anybody, and when you can put James Bradbury or maybe Jalen Rieger, it's easier to defend the pass. Here's another big thing: we know that Joe Judge is all about the fundamentals. You talk about him harping over players not diving on a ball. I mean, this is going to be a very good head coach, in my opinion, or at least some sort of a coach, because how fixated he is with the attention of detail. The Eagles are minus seven in turnover differential this year. That's not good. That's one of the worst teams in the NFL. The Giants are neutral. They're zero, so that means that they've had just as many turnovers as they have gotten back turnovers on defense. I think that's a spot where I'm going to be on the Giants plus three and a half. Also, just a very huge reason why I get the hook, right? The plus three and a half, that extra half a point, a lot of games end in, a, in a field goal. If this game ends up ending 24 to 21, we actually win that bet instead of pushing it or depending on your book, a push could be a loss. So plus three and a half on FanDuel as I'm seeing this, if you find the plus threes and you only have plus threes out there, at least, at least on points bet right now, it's plus 100. So you get plus money on that compared to the other books where it's down to minus 105 and 110 so far. So that is going to be bet number one of week 10, the New York Giants plus three and a half versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's now move into the second bet as it comes up on the screen right here, the Houston Texans versus the Cleveland 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 Browns. So the Texans are fresh off of a win against the Jacksonville Jaguars, where Jake Luton actually looked pretty good. Now you get the Cleveland Browns coming off of a bye with a couple things up in the air for them right now. So this can become a little bit risky. We have to see on Wednesday, hopefully we get news or maybe even today that Baker Mayfield is going to be cleared from the COVID list. He got put on the COVID list during the bye week. He's had about 10 days, maybe close to two weeks, depending on when he actually ended up testing positive for COVID. To get ready for this game, he's just going to have to pass a couple tests in a row, but that could be up in the air. It could be a little bit murky. Case Keenum, I believe, would be the backup in that spot. And then you also have for the Browns, Nick Chubb practice this week which would be very advantageous because as you can see on the screen right now you're going to get Nick Chubb potentially practicing against the number 23 run defense of Houston that also ranks 23rd in tackling so bottom third of the league in both of those metrics so I think you might be getting Cleveland a little bit undervalued here and it makes sense like we got Cleveland right when it opened that minus two and a half that's the side of this bet that I'm going to be on right now there's a minus two and a half still out there on points bet as I look at this but it's already moved to minus three in a lot of spots minus three and a half already currently right now on DraftKings and Unibet so this line is moving very quickly it makes sense that some sports betters Probably like myself looked into these numbers and said this is completely undervaluing Cleveland in this situation. It's already moving to a point. So by the time this video is out, be sure to check points bet or FanDuel where it's at minus three bet MGM. So why do I like Cleveland in this one? Well, Cleveland's three and five versus spread. Houston's one and seven. So both of these teams have been overvalued this year. Houston has been majorly overvalued, a lot of that because of how terrible their defense has been. And part of that for the most half of the first half of the year from having Bill O'Brien really hurting both sides of the ball, your offense as well. And we've seen how well Watson has played this year, but really after O'Brien is left as well. Cleveland is number 15 in yards per play when Houston is number five in that metric. And Watson has been playing his best football potentially ever. 8.8 yards per attempt. That's second in the NFL overall right now, only behind the Minnesota Vikings quarterback and Kirk Cousins. He has a 68.5% completion percentage and 297 yards per game. He has looked very good out there and his offensive line for now about a year and a half or so has been giving him protection. Now Cleveland on defense, number 13 in yards per play allowed. This is where Houston falls apart. They're 27th. The smaller the number, the better. So top half of the league for Cleveland's defense and basically bottom five in the league close to it for the Houston defense. This is a couple of the metrics and this is why I have them in bold on the screen right now if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're listening on the podcast, take a couple seconds of your time right now or even after the show, get into a chance to win a $50 giveaway if you leave your Twitter or just a way for me to contact you and email. If you leave a five-star rating and review on the Apple Store, if you have an Apple device, five stars rating takes about a minute of your time. Or the Stitcher Store, if you have an Android device, it really does help. We're over like 530 reviews right now, trying to get the 600 maybe by the end of the month. So I appreciate that in advance. So a couple spots that I really like, and this is why I'm going to be on the Cleveland side of it. Outside of getting the nice two and a half number and beating that field goal minus three number, which is always good to see, Cleveland's number two in run blocking and has the number five overall run offense. If they get Nick Chubb back, it's even better. If they don't, I'll take Kareem Hunt in his 20 plus touches here against the Houston number 23 run defense and number 23 tackling unit. Cleveland is also number seven overall on offense when Houston is number 25 overall on defense. If Baker is indeed going to be back, he's going to have a lot of time to throw because Houston actually ranks 26th in pressure this season. Houston, turnover differential. Again, major thing here in terms of just trying to beat these spreads. End of the game, trying to prevent backdoors. Houston is minus four in turnover differential. They have four more turnovers than they've caused on defense. And then if you look at the other side, the Browns are plus four. So compared to Houston, it's an eight overall turnover differential from Houston to the Browns. I'm going to be on the Browns at minus two and a half in this one. That's our second bet of week 10. Let's now move into our third bet, which is going to be a game that I cannot wait to watch. It might not be a game that a lot of people are looking forward to. I do think that there's maybe some playoff hopes here for the Dolphins. I think that they're fading away. They played a very good game against the Arizona Cardinals, but this is a spot that I really do like. So we saw this number open at plus three. It's now down to plus two and a half in pretty much every spot. I snagged it at plus three for the Los Angeles Chargers versus Miami. It is two a time versus Justin Herbert. Two first round top 10 picks from the 2020 draft are squaring off. The Chargers are five and three versus the spread. They've been way undervalued. And that's because a lot of people just in general undervalued this Justin Herbert kid when he was coming out of college. And if he's going to be undervalued and quarterbacks make up for a good amount of the points in Vegas spread, it makes sense that him playing very well has put this team in a position to beat the Vegas odds. And then you have Miami, who's just naturally undervalued. Their defense has very much so improved in certain areas. And then you have Ryan Fitzpatrick playing a little bit over his head, six and two versus spread this year. So it's Herbert versus two. You can see on the screen, Herbert, eight yards per attempt this season, 303 yards per game. He's honestly been fantastic. Uh, Tua, six point seven yards per attempt, not great through his first two starts. But again, what are you going to do? He's close to the NFL average, slightly below, one hundred and seventy-five yards per game. The Chargers, number thirteen in yards per play on offense. Miami, number twenty-three. The Chargers on defense, number sixteen, exactly average in yards per play allowed, an efficiency metric that the Vegas guys love and something that they use a lot. Miami, number twenty-one. Another reason that I like to be on the Chargers, especially at plus money here, is I like the fact that I never feel out of it, even if they're down ten in this game, even if they're down fourteen at some point in this game. They are one of the most quick-fire offenses in the NFL. With some of the most biggest plays of 40 plus yards in the NFL, their top three in that department, their number eight in pace, while Miami is bottom three in pace so far this year. So if you're on the Miami side of this, you're gonna have to hope for a very, I would say contained drive, maybe their defense gets some sort of a turnover, a very slow and methodical drive for the most part when Justin Herbert's just throwing 40 yard bombs out there to Teron Johnson, Jalen Guyton, Mike Williams, you feel very confident about him scoring in a quick fashion, you never really feel out of a game, especially if he's playing from behind, which in a lot of these games, he's playing from ahead until the fourth quarter, and then they give it away. Right now you have a number 23 overall offense against a number 23 overall defense, Miami being 27th in defense. The Chargers are number seven in pressure rate and two is just number 15 in the last two games out of all the quarterbacks that have played. And basically I've had some quarterbacks on by, so it's probably out of a sample of like 20 something quarterbacks. He's 15th under pressure, not terrible, but not great. And then you can see my tweet coming up on the screen here while Justin Herbert is number two under pressure over the last two games. And he's fifth overall in the NFL and under pressure this year. This kid is so damn composed. So give me Justin Herbert right now in his plus three line. Even if you find plus two and a half, I'll take the plus two and a half at this point. I actually thought that the Chargers would come in as a favorites in this one. If this was on a neutral field and I don't know how much Vegas odds at home are actually mattering at this point, I guess Miami does have fans there if I remember that correctly them opening up the stadium. So maybe that's why they're coming in at minus 3 as the home team here. But if this is on a neutral field, again, I think it would be a them or the Chargers actually slightly favored in this one. If they had a healthy defense by any means, they would definitely be favored in my opinion. But we'll take the Chargers plus 3 as our third bet of the week. And now the fourth bet and the final bet that I've placed and then we'll get into my final lean that I'm considering placing and maybe you guys in the comments can let me know if you think it's a good bet or not, but I think that right now I might hold off. We'll see. I'll probably decide by the end of the day before the line moves but the fourth bet seattle versus the rams and as always you're gonna have these huge totals right now 55 and a half across the board i assume that that probably only goes up because people love betting the over because life's too short to bet the under but seattle versus the rams right now what you're getting is the rams who are number one in yards per play allowed meaning that they are the best team on defense in terms of limiting an opposing team's offense seattle the complete opposite on defense they're number 28 which you might have actually thought they were worse so currently they are bottom five right now in yards per play allowed you're getting on the opposite side though seattle's number two in yards per play on offense so the number two overall efficiency offense and we know that to be true right russell wilson historically in a efficient quarterback Tyler Lockett historically so was Doug Baldwin when he was there efficient wide receivers that rely on that efficiency somewhat lower volume but getting into the end zone picking up big yards on chunk plays yards perception that type of stuff yards after the catch and the Rams number 11 on offense so there could definitely be points here depending on how good this Rams defense can stop Seattle's offense that ranks number two overall in yards to play against that Rams defense that's number one in limiting that against the spread this year the Rams are four and four and Seattle is five and three so you have the number one overall offense in Seattle versus the number four overall defense when you factor everything in not just efficiency numbers as well and then the Rams number five in pressure and number five in coverage so far this year so can this be the team that actually limits actually limits the Seattle Seahawks you saw a pressure unit last week not really matter too much in the first half it kind of did right the Bills got a bigger lead they were number top three I think coming into last week in pressure another team now coming in will that actually startle this team but you saw in the second half Seattle opened it up and was able to score points based on efficiency and chunk plays kind of at will the Rams have been thriving on play action passing this season but a lot of that is going to rely on what they can do on the ground game to an extent though Seattle's number one in run defense so does this halt the efficiency of Jared Goff's play action passing we've seen some teams doing this over the last couple of weeks and Goff has really struggled but if you do look at some of the numbers over the past couple of years honestly you don't really need to establish any sort of a running game to have play action passing working you it could still be deceptive almost to the same exact levels so maybe that doesn't matter as much and here's the turnover differential numbers again that i like i want to be on the positive side of this seattle plus three in turnover differential when the rams are minus two in that department so you've had Goff struggling the last three games like he's barely getting to six yards per attempt i think he was at 5.2 yards per attempt in the last game that's not good to see but you saw similar things for josh allen before he came into seattle for like a month not playing as good as he did the first couple of weeks of the season, and then it's a get right spot for Seattle. But I'm still going to be taking Russell Wilson here in a close game at plus two. Unfortunately, there's no plus threes right now. I don't think it'll go that way. I don't think more people, these are two public teams, so maybe it just stays exactly where it is at plus two. I doubt it gets to plus three. And if the books get it there, it's probably going to come off very, very quickly with a large wager. So maybe it gets to plus, uh, two and a half, maybe it goes down to plus one and a half. I doubt it gets to plus three. But I'll take Rush right now over Guff. And here's just the thing to close it out, though, just to show you how bad a tweet right now by Andrew Siciliano, I believe, of NFL Network. Seattle has the worst passing defense right now. His Histor- Historically the worst passing defense. though, could potentially be in the cards by a good amount. The Packers in 2011, the year after they won the Super Bowl, Aaron Rodgers just going off. I think they went 15 and won that year. He gave up almost 4,800 yards on defense in the passing game. Seattle's on pace to give up almost 5,800, a thousand more. So that's pretty crazy. Let's finish it up with my lean right now. So lean's actually going to be Baltimore and the Patriots. We saw the Patriots come from behind with a big win. Cam Newton had a big game. Jacoby Myers continues to play very, very well and kind of solidify himself and maybe earn a, another type of a contract after this year from the Patriots or whoever else. He's playing very good right now. Maybe the wide receiver that Damir Bird was supposed to be, Nikhil Harry was supposed to be. It's just something they had all along since the preseason last year. Balling out, Jacoby Myers actually has gotten more work now with the Patriots. Now, if I'm going to take a side on this one, I would lean Baltimore minus seven. Right? You had Baltimore coming off of a game where they just got beat by the Colts. They did not look good. They have not looked good now for a couple of weeks now. And Lamar Jackson looks honestly bad this year. But you have the Patriots on prime time. It's like the, the stereotypical cliche: Patriots on prime time, big come from behind game. Everybody loves betting the Patriots in general. Everybody knows Lamar is struggling this year. So do we get a lot of money on the side of the Patriots? That's why I kind of want to wait here because you can see that. This game opened at minus six and a half and the line's kind of all over the place minus seven and a half in some spots staying minus six and a half so early on it seems like the money's moving towards the ravens but i assume that this line opened up yesterday before the patriots game happened i want to see if the line moves back in the opposite direction if it moves enough to the ravens going from like minus seven minus seven and a half on some of these books to minus six like flat i'll probably take it at that point but at minus seven minus seven and a half i'm going to hold off baltimore's plus four in turnover differential the patriots are minus one so baltimore wins that category baltimore's four and four against the spread the patriots right now are three and five coming into this past week and if you actually count last night's game. They're actually three and six now, and Baltimore is going to be, I believe, four and five. So they both lost against the spread this past week. That's coming in through eight weeks. Now, if we update it just in my head quickly, that's coming in through nine weeks. Baltimore's number six in yards per play allowed, so they're very good in terms of their defense still being efficient to an extent. The Patriots are number 29, bottom four in the NFL. Both these teams are very bad on offense. Both of them are basically bottom 20 in the league in overall yards per play. The Patriots bumped their number up a little bit last night to get to number 19. Now, this is a spot that I like a lot, though. New England, number 31 versus the run overall. Baltimore runs the second most running plays per game, partially because they're quarter back loves to run the ball a lot. 32.6 run plays per game. So both of these teams having not much of a pressure rating, both bottom eight. They seem to be on all the numbers kind of evenly matched. People might think the Patriots are a lot worse based on the fact that they almost got beat by the Jets last night. And I can understand that. It was obviously the last like situation for the Jets to maybe have a get up game all year long on a Monday night football game. So I understand that if you think that the Patriots are closer to the Jets than they are to the Ravens, that makes sense. And so the spread kind of indicates that. But I think a lot of these numbers are saying that they're pretty closer than people actually expect there. The Baltimore offense is not as efficient as it once was. They'll get Marlon Humphrey back which will probably help out a lot. Maybe put him on the slot against maybe Jacoby Myers if he stays in the slot for a decent amount of the game. Otherwise, it'll be Nikhil Harry if he returns and whoever else, Demir Bird on the outside. So the Patriots right now, like if, if they're going to keep moving up to, from plus seven and a half to plus eight, I honestly lean the Patriots side of that. But I want to bet the Baltimore Ravens anything if we're going to touch this game. So I'm hoping that it gets down to minus six. Let me know what you think about that right now. Obviously, the Patriots barely beating the Jets makes a lot of people probably want to get on the Baltimore side. But this is a lot of points for a Bill Belichick team. And this is not a good Ravens team this year. So thank you for tuning in. Those are the four bets that I have already placed. And one potentially in the Baltimore Ravens versus New England Patriots. Let me know what you think about that game. Let me know if you're betting any other games on this week and be sure to check out Vigit. You can get a, a thousand Vigit coins so you can use in their free sports book as well. Win some Amazon gift cards and some other or things like that. If you use the promo code SAL, Sal, the app is totally free to download. It is Vigit, V-I-G-I-T, Vigit app. You can find it in your app store today. Like and subscribe before you go. I appreciate you all in advance a ton. If you want to check out my other content for this week, we have some player props going out on Friday. Player prop video for Monkey Knife Fight will be out on Friday. So you can check that one out. It goes out around noon. Eastern time, then a bunch of other content on the channel from live streams for daily fantasy sports, fantasy football. Check all that out. Like and subscribe before you go. Thank you very much, and I'll see you in the next one.